In today's episode, Philip Sessions talks about how he leverages positivity to increase productivity. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. Eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. DC Tribe, Josh Thomas. Is, oh, by the way, that was Mark Twain who said that. Uh, this is Josh Thomas who said that to you just now. Uh, if you haven't done it already, go to thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, just a bunch of great human beings looking to get more stuff done. Also, I'd love it if you haven't done so. Subscribe to my podcast, download some episodes, give me a review, say something nice if you can. Uh, we really appreciate that. I uh, want to make sure that I'm affecting and reaching as many people as possible uh, with this message about action taking. Speaking of meeting as many people as possible, uh, I want to introduce you to Philip Sessions, who's my guest today. Philip is a Christian husband, father, fitness enthusiast, author, podcast host, public speaker, and speaking coach at a company called Speaking Sessions. Philip is a connector of people and inspires them to become the best version of themselves. He does this by helping people build a stronger mindset, learn to speak more confidently, and get comfortable in their own skin so they can impact others through their message. Philip, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. What's going on, Tribe? What's up, Josh? Thanks for having me here. Super excited to be here. So what is something that I can do or what? Can you repeat the question? I, I'm going to tell me something. Tell me something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. I don't know if this is not what most people would think of, but I'll say something I do instead of trying to delegate work is a lot of people that think productivity comes by delegation. And while it is still delegation, what I do is win people over. That's why I like to be that connector of people. And by creating that relationship and having that conversation with people, as I go to ask them to do something, I get more a better response from that versus saying, hey, I need you to do this. I go in like, hey, you know, we got this stuff going on. Would you mind taking a look at this? I'd really appreciate that. Sometimes it is that direct. Sometimes it's more of a casual conversation. And as we're talking about the things that are happening, I make sure that they understand what's going on. And so I still delegate, but I do it in a way instead of just demanding them to do it or telling them they have to do it. I have a conversation with that and really win them over. So they want to continue to work with me. And that's how I get more things done. Awesome. Catch more flies with honey than with yeah, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. You know, and uh, so there's a fine line to toe with that because I've always, I've always kind of been the same way, sort of. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you're right. Uh, when people don't think you're an asshole, they're much more willing to do things for you. 
yeah. <laughs> and and in and in turn it makes you more productive uh, but there's this fine line that you have to toe sometimes because uh, I was having a conversation. We were getting pretty deep about this and I don't remember who it was with, but philosophically speaking, uh, what, what I was trying to do was I was trying to be really agreeable in my relationships. I was trying to be really, really agreeable and, oh, everything's fine, whatever you want. So that when I expressed an opinion, then you would know that I'm serious. You would know that it's important to me. Mm. You know, I try to be quiet, stay in the background so that when I speak up with force and I come into focus that, oh, he must be serious because he's really chilled out. What I learned, though, is uh, is they just they just thought I was an asshole anyway. <laughs> and so, like, I gained nothing by just being deferential in that situation. However, it is important to to create and strike that balance of well nobody wants to work for somebody who puts you down nobody nobody wants to be productive for somebody who is uh, doesn't see you as a human doesn't treat you like a normal person nobody wants to do that and so your point's well taken i i keep oiling my machine is basically what you're saying I make sure that everything is working with the minimal amount of resistance possible. And that's what helps me get more stuff done. Is that kind of, that's kind of what I heard. Yeah, exactly. But having that relationship as well, too many times I see leaders where they did, or I want to put leaders in quotes, really, they're more of a manager. They just try to get people to do work, but they never see where they're at, see how things are going, have that conversation to know more about them than that. Hey, if you can fix X for me, or you can do why for me it's all about just what can you do for me that's the only time i'm ever going to come talk to you i try to make sure to go around and talk to the people that i lead as well outside of every time because i don't want to be every time that hey i need you to do something for me because then yeah i'm going to be that jerk that's always asking you to do something as soon as i come around to you so really building up that rapport and that relationship is what I do. Cause then when I do need to come by and just look, we've got to get this done. Maybe it's work some extra hours, work weekend, whatever they know. I understand how they are, who they are, what's going on in their life. And I wouldn't ask that unless it was something important. So it's really built about building up that relationship. Yeah. You know, I actually have a, uh, an example of that, uh, that happened to me. At some point, I'll I'll make this as generic as possible, but uh, I had an employee and we had a big pending launch and it was a big deal. We'd been spending months on this thing. And also she was like super pregnant. Oh, and uh, <clears throat> so we were we were in this spot where, OK, well, it's time to launch. Uh, we had some tech delays uh, and that pushed the that pushed the launch date ever closer to her due date. And, uh, and so it was time to launch and sure enough, like two days before we had set a new launch date, she went to hospital and gave birth and there were some complications and she ended up in the hospital and stayed there for a few days. And, you uh, know, and, uh, she's fine, you know, yeah. She's fine. Every, the baby's fine. You know, everything's good. But but it was just all this stuff just came up and and uh, she was really a critical part of this launch. Hmm. And so what are you going to do? Uh, 
because she's feeling she's like beside herself with embarrassment uh and like oh you know well maybe i can you know do this maybe i can come into work and maybe i can try this you know and i'm like man we'll just push the launch off you know and that was that was a tough call for me mm. very tough call but the the people who lay their lives on the line for me the people who give me their time yeah it's in exchange for money but they could do that anywhere they decided to do it with me the people who give me their time they are so much more important than anything else yeah and so it was the only answer was well tell you what we're just we'll accommodate we're going to push this launch off just get rest and recover and don't worry about this don't think about it another time. In fact, here, I'm going to send you some money <laughs> so that you can take care of this and and just be happy and healthy. Yeah. And and that's really the only way to treat people because it's how you would want to be treated, right? I mean, you're not necessarily yeah. looking for handouts or breaks, but but the idea here is when, you know, she recovers then <clears throat> we're going to have a really solid relationship because I made that investment at the time. And so when yeah. I need, when I need that extra mile, she'll run it for me. Yeah. It's like what they talk about, right? With the bank account, you, you got to keep putting deposits in. If you're only withdrawing, eventually you, you know, you're going to be overdrawn and now nobody's going to work with you. Nobody's going to want to help you. But if you keep depositing, when you do have to withdraw, there's still going to be that money in. there's still going to be that, good relationship because they realize that hey you don't do this all the time this may be out of character for you or whatever and i'm mm -hmm. sure she was super thankful when you're like no we're gonna push it off don't worry about it and add a little bit extra money helps as well or you know, maybe it wasn't a little bit but whatever you did there helps a lot and it goes a long ways and i guarantee you when she came back she was probably working two or three times as hard for you and made sure that launch had no hiccups at all yeah. So it, it all comes back. The more we give, the more we end up getting, which of course we're giving because we just want to give, not that we want to receive back. But when we're in that spirit, we're in that mindset of just giving, we do end up receiving so much more. That's the thing. I mean, you really like every time I ask this question uh, on my interviews, I always get some unique response and it always turns into this huge, deep discussion, man. So it's, I, I love, hey. I love where this went. That's you a know. great question, man. That that's yeah. that's what I love doing too on my podcast, asking those questions that can get deep and really start resonating with the audience. And so that let's, way can they see that. And and so how do you how do you uh, how does a guy like you? You look like a young guy. Uh, you you've experienced some life. You've had some successes. Uh, how do you get to where you are right now? Like, tell us a little bit about Philip. I I, I read through your your bio there, but um, take us back to a moment where you decided, you know what, the employee life is not for me. I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to make my own way. What were you doing and what was that moment of decision? I went to GrowthCon 2. I would say that's where that really happened at. So 10X GrowthCon 2, Grant Cardone's conference that was Las Vegas, I believe 20. 17 something like that and that's really where it hit me i mean i i was in south carolina i had just moved there recently making about sixty thousand a year 
which isn't a terrible salary, but I was barely making it by on that. And now there was reasons why I had too too much of a truck. It was too fancy for what I could really afford and all these things. But going to that conference and seeing the people there and just the excitement with the speakers and everything and meeting Andy Frizzell and Ed Milet is what really fired me up to do more. And also, of course, being in the financial situation I was in, there was I felt like there was nothing I could do and there really wasn't anything with the big corporations. It's very difficult to get pay increases. Typically you get them once a year. And so you can work your butt off, but how they have it structured a lot of times is, well, your job's very open-ended. So if you do what seems like extra work, if it's still related to your job, it's not doing work above and beyond. Essentially, you need to do somebody else's job, like another completely different role. So say you're in marketing, you also have to do engineering on top of that for you to be like, oh, you went above and beyond. Yeah. Otherwise, and, and you if- do... <laughs> that's that's like a that's like a logical fallacy, right? Because the marketing yeah. <laughs> guy definitely should not be your engineer <laughs> and <Yeah>. vice versa. <laughs> yeah, but if so if I'm like doing engineering and programming, it's like that's too similar and it could fall into what I do under the engineering role, let's say. So it's like the corporate world will say, Well, I mean, you were just doing your job. You were just helping out a little bit more or or we asked you to do this. And if they ask you to do something, then it's they asked you. You didn't go seek that out. And so all of that kind of combined really spurred me to go create my own path because I wanted to be able to control my money. And I know to some extent you have customers, all that stuff. People give you that excuse that, well, customers control your money. But at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you get to control your money. You get to control helping people. You get to control a lot more and not that I'm a control freak or anything, but I wanted to be able to control my destiny. And so that's what really got me on that path. And then just loving coaching and everything. So that's where, where I'm headed right now to doing the public speaking coaching. So that's pretty much how it got started for me. And, and yeah, I want to get to that in a, in a moment, you know, why you selected that path, but, but you really hit on something important here. And I think anybody listening right now should take note. Uh, because, because there's, it's, it's kind of a remnant of the first thing that we talked about. You're, you're a part of a big corporation and the big corporation is just making withdrawals. Mm. They're not making any deposits into you and they've grown and they've become very big and you've become a number, a statistic. You're a cog in a wheel. Well, they've got great benefits, but they got, yeah. <laughs> that's what they yeah. always say. Yeah. Oh, but the benefits. A salary, (laughs) Kevin O'Leary says a salary is the drug they give you to forget your dreams. And and if you really think about benefits, like, I don't know, I I can't remember. Well, I can vaguely remember the last time I had uh, benefits, Um, Mm. like, and not friends with benefits, but actual benefits. (laughs) Um, But if you really think about it, how much are benefits? You know, you can go out and get, like depending on your health and your age and, you know, a couple of factors, you can probably go out and get like a really, really kick-ass insurance policy for 500 bucks a month or something. Yeah. I don't know, uh, maybe, but it, you know, if you're, if you're like, uh, you know, smoking two packs a day and you're 76 years old, you know, and you have a history of, um, you know, heart disease or something, maybe not. But yeah. for for the average person, like 
I'm imagining 500 bucks a month, something like that. You could probably get like pretty kick-ass insurance and benefits and those sorts of mm-hmm. things. And you can talk to any number of financial advisors or financial planners to set up retirement plans and, and you can do all of those things. And so the benefits, when you really start thinking about it is like, well, if I'm staying for the benefits, how much am I selling my soul for? Yeah. How much is my soul worth? $500 a month for an insurance policy that they take care of for me? Or yeah. can I just go and talk to my friend that sells insurance? I'm like, hey, man, can you figure this out? Yeah, it's going to be 500 bucks a month. All right, cool. Let's do it. I'm out of mm-hmm. here. You know, yeah. like the benefits, that's, that's the allure. Like, no, we want to make it safe. You got to stay here because we'll protect you. It's like, yeah. it's like an abuser. It's an abusive relationship. No, you got to stay with me, baby, because I'm the only one that can keep you safe. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you could go on the high side with the benefits, 20000 So let's go with my old salary, 60000 plus 20000 That's 80000 a year. Can you not make 80000 on the side eventually? And, and maybe it doesn't happen the first year. Maybe you're just doing it on the side until it builds up. But 80000 is not a, lo- a lot of money in the landscape of things within entrepreneurship, especially if you have a good product or service, you could end up making that money many times over. And it, the more work you put in, the more money you end up making. But that's the problem with the salary, which always sounds so great because, oh yeah, if I end up working 35 hours, I still get paid for 40. But yeah, if you work 45, 50 or 60, which corporate America now expects 45 to 50 hours a week, they still pay you for 40. Mm. So, yeah. And, and to put it all in perspective, Chick-fil-A is paying $20 an hour. Yeah. Starting pay for full-time employees. That's Chick-fil-A. That's a fast food restaurant. And the other ones, the other fast food restaurants are not that far behind. But if you add that up, that's like a $40,000 annual salary to sling chicken sandwiches. Yeah, not thinking hardly at all. You just get to go in, literally, yeah, sling some sandwiches and leave. <laughs> You're not having That's to work right. hard at all, no stress or very little stress. <laughs> yeah. And so, and and that's that's a good kind of measuring stick to figure out what you're doing right now. If you're listening to this episode and you work at Chick-fil-A, well, first of all, thank you. Those sandwiches are delicious. I love them. <laughs> Don't stop the good work. Keep keep doing, keep doing the thing. Uh if you're happy with that, cool. If you're not happy with that, with a little bit of effort and a little bit of ingenuity and getting yourself in the right room, you can easily double that. Hmm. Uh, and with a little bit of hard work and and uh, and setting it up and getting some resources in place, you can you can e- you can probably triple it. And once you're getting that's ten thousand a month, one hundred twenty a year. That's ten thousand a month. If you triple triple the Chick Fil A salary is ten k a month. And so we started thinking about that. Well, what does it take to triple my Chick-fil-A salary? Well, it's not that hard. I mean, I remember, I don't, I don't want to date myself too bad here because you look like you're significantly younger than me, but my very first job was at McDonald's in 1996. And I got right. a job so that I, when that was the year you were born, right? <laughs> no, no, almost. I was five. <laughs> <laughs> so I was 16 years old 
And uh, I got a job at McDonald's because I had recently gotten my license and mom wasn't going to pay for gas. So I had to pay for gas. And so I got a job at McDonald's and they were paying me $4.25 an hour because that was the minimum wage at the time. And, and I worked there and it was like, okay, you know, it was just mindless work, whatever. And I was there for a month and they gave me a raise. Oh, yeah. They gave me a raise. They said, no, you know, you're doing a good job. You're showing up to work on time. We want to, we want to incentivize that. Uh, so we're going to pay you $4 and 45 cents an hour. Mm. Ooh, how about... Showing up to work on time was a good job. That's, mm-hmm. that's sad. That's yes. true. That's what they do now. That so many people won't even do that. That little thing. Yeah. Show that was up 25 on time. years ago. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, but here's the thing. It was like, it was, it was like the dealer giving you that little extra taste, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, I'm going to reward you by giving you two dimes extra, Ooh. you know? <laughs> And, and I felt and I felt the sense of pride, like, wow, I got a raise. That's so cool. Mm. But at the end of the day, like when you add that up, it was like an extra dollar per shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my soul was worth a dollar a day. Man. Yep. That's messed up. Yeah. Right? Because that's how they lure you in. If you have a job right now, I'm not saying, you know, stand up and like, throw some shit against the wall and say, I'm out. Don't do that. You know, make a plan. But if you're working for somebody else right now and your financial freedom and success is completely dependent on someone else, uh, you really have to think about, is that the path that you want for your life? Or do you want something more? Because if that's the path that you want for your life, no problem. That's why employment exists Mm -hmm. but just understand that there are all of these things in place in almost not every almost every job that are designed to keep you compliant and obedient Mm -hmm. and you get to decide if that's something that you want to follow go ahead philip yeah and i was just gonna mention the point you know great leaders like you great business owners like you treating their employees right is what helps you keep those employees otherwise they're going to start looking other places because like we've already talked about benefits are benefits you can get them here you can get them there so people will jump ship you know salary is a salary but how do you differentiate yourself which is what we talked about at the beginning of catching flies with honey versus vinegar, you know, how you treat them. Just the example with the the lady that you had on your team, that was the pivotal part of that launch. Mm-hmm. If you would have treated her like crap, she probably would have came back. She maybe, you know, maybe she would have had enough time to figure her stuff out or she would have came back and waited till she figured her stuff out and went somewhere else because of the way you treated her. And so you constantly have to be building that bank up. That's really how we stay productive, if you will, as leaders of a company, as entrepreneurs, because that's a big part that a lot of us miss out on, especially those starting in entrepreneurship is building up that network, building up those relationships around us, because those relationships around us are what are actually going to propel us forward. It's not, what can I do? What am I doing? Because if you only think about you and you only focus on you going out and trying to be the one that's doing all your marketing, doing all your sales and everything, 
it's going to be difficult and it's going to be very unproductive. But if I start getting Josh here and this other person and all these like 10 people around me that start talking about how Philip is great at public speaking coaching, my sales start going through the roof because I have people out there giving me that credibility versus myself saying, Hey, I'm great. I'm great. Look at me. I can help you. So that really building those relationships is to, to me, the ultimate way to be productive. And it's not just relationships of people that are literally going to do business with you or people that are working for you, but it's just people in general, having those relationships can create the most productivity in your life. And I know I'm kind of going back to the very original question, but it's just something that came up in my, my mind to speak about. And I wanted to throw that out there for people that discount relationships and networking is so important. You know, it's uh, and there's no reason to uh, apologize for coming back to the fundamentals because I asked that question in the beginning because the answer to that question always represents what somebody's about. And it trickles down to everything else that you do. Hmm. And you are about pouring into your relationships. And that's why it keeps coming up as a theme, because that's what you're all about. And yeah. well, that's my first core value relationships. <laughs> there it is, you know, and, and as I'm sitting here watching you, Philip, you know, you guys can't see this if you're listening to the audio, um, you know, you got a, you got a really beautifully shaped cranium <laughs> and, uh, I just, I just want to crack it open and see how your brain works. We're going to get into the do zone diagnostic. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Get the bone saw. Okay. All right. So it's a series of five questions I ask every guest. Uh, so that we know how your brain ticks, soak up all the knowledge that we can. Just rapid fire, first thing that comes to mind. Number one, what's one thing you do, Philip, that keeps you focused on your goals? Spending time with family. I mean, really just building up that family time because when I know the family's good, I can then go work on the business. But if family time's not good, it keeps me away from the business. So spending time mm. with family. Well said. And how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Hmm. Just going back and remembering what the why was. Why did I start doing the work in the first place? Why did I have the aspirations to get married and, and create a family and have, at, at the time being, one kid, but hopefully another kid in the future? But why is it that I had that desire to do that? Because... It's a lot more difficult than being single. <laughs> so just going back to what that why is. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Uh, it's a lot easier. Hey, I want to go do something. I just go do it. I want to go spend money. I just go spend it. Now I got to think about, okay, what's my wife going to think if I go spend $1,000 on a new camera or do this or that? If And what about my daughter? How's this going to impact her future if I decide to do this versus this other thing? So I just... It's more difficult. So, but I think about that why and why I decided to create that family. Got it. And who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable? My support group, I feel like everybody, I love watching people win and seeing everybody around me. And really what helps me is cheering other people on. I'm a big cheerleader as we talked about relationships, just having people that I can help out. And when I help people out, it actually gives me ideas and inspiration of what I need to do. And I mean, I don't have necessarily anybody in particular. I can think off the top of my head besides you know, my wife and my mom and brother and sister, 
but a lot of the people in Apex as well have got a, a big support group with that, and there's not necessarily one person in particular that is like always there cheering me on per se. Got it. And uh, Philip, how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? Just take one step at a time. I woke, I focus on what I can work on right now. I focus on what I do know that I can do that'll help me get there. And I pride myself a little bit. I'm not the most strategic person or the most forward thinking person, but I do pride myself a little bit to be able to see the bigger picture. And so I can usually link things that we're working on now and how they're going to impact the future. And so I try to focus on those things that are going to help us get towards that goal and what I think will get us there because as you do more work it opens up what the next steps are but a lot of people and myself included when I first started was so afraid of not knowing what I needed to do versus just doing something so just get started mm -hmm. with what you know you can do oh I love that advice man that's what the new zone's <laughs> all about yeah awesome you're 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 singing my song baby there we go there we yeah. go <laughs> final question philip what's the number one pro tip that you would give to somebody looking to get more stuff done in less time man that's a that's a good question uh i gotta think about that writing down what you're gonna do that's what I've noticed. I have a whiteboard right behind the camera here that I write down the things that I'm gonna do over the next week and I have like a monthly target that I've done for myself because it is difficult for me sometimes to think out one year, three years, five years out, but I can think a week out, I can think a month out. And so I set up some targets and then I even break that down to daily action. So what are those daily things that I'm doing that are gonna lead to the weekly things that'll lead to those monthly things? And that's how I keep myself productive is as long as I do those, I can stay productive. Nice. I love it. And so uh, let's kind of come back to let's let's pick up where we left off on on your journey. And I know that uh, quite recently you really got yourself involved in public speaking and becoming a thought leader by leveraging that tool. So tell me, why did you get interested in that and, and what are you doing with it now? Yeah, so when I started out, I actually was doing fitness coaching, and I have a love for fitness. Obviously, it was mentioned in my bio about being a fitness enthusiast and really coaching on that. But then I found myself not feeling like I could create as much impact. So I had a position in HR at the company that I worked for, and it came up about presentation skills being something that some of the leadership lacked. And I started thinking about that and with my engineering background and all the engineers I've been around and how there was so much trouble for them to speak and everything. And I'd been wanting to get on stages and I was like, you know what? There's something here. There's a lot of people that struggle with speaking. And so at little at the end of last year, it was probably when I started on the public speaking coaching, but especially these last three months is where I've really dug in, really dug into the group trying to present myself as that expert and really show people what I do know and really help people out and just giving back. And I think I'm blanking out some of your question here, but so hopefully I answer it, but you're doing great. You know, yeah. But yeah. with that, you know, well, just the, really the, so what I heard from this was mm -hmm. uh, you're, you were working a job and, and somebody said, well, these leaders are lacking these skills to get up there. 
And you saw this opportunity because there's so many people out there. They're just terrified to get up and speak in front of other people. And it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but that opened up a wormhole for you to where you're like, oh, let's see what happens when I go down this one. Yeah. I mean, is that kind of where it went? Yeah, exactly. And so I think the other part of your question was like, yeah, so what I'm doing with it. So start creating events for myself to be able to get people on stage. And then I created a big lofty goal for myself, which was get a thousand people on stage, which can create the impact where the fitness coaching, I could help a few people. Maybe I could bring on other fitness coaches with me, but all I was helping impact was their physical being. And yes, they can go in their life some, but I didn't see myself long-term in that where I can with the public speaking coaching because everybody has a unique message and I can help people get on stage, be able to present that message to then impact other people. And I believe, I can't remember if it was the Oscars or what, but it was interesting because, and I heard this from actually somebody who was on my podcast who's also a public speaking coach. And they said that Taylor Swift went up there and said, you know, I do this right now for that 13 year old that's just getting started with like piano or playing the guitar or something like that. And then fast forward, I, I think it was like four or five years and I don't know the girl's name, but she's like the youngest one that won like the female award, like Emmy award or something like that. And she's like, I listened to that speech from Taylor Swift. And I was like, man, that's crazy that Taylor Swift created the impact. Now she's a big celebrity. So that helps a lot. Well, but I think what you're about saying that is helping people. What you're saying is, your words matter. Yeah. And yeah. you are doing the world a disservice by not sharing your message. That's exactly, that's what you're saying. That's what Taylor Swift is saying, you yeah. know, in that situation, because really what I've learned, Philip is you never know who's listening. Mm -hmm. You never know who's watching. Yeah. And occasionally if you're doing it right and you're consistent, occasionally somebody will peek their head up above the horizon and say, hey, you said something that affected me. And I want to thank you. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, that'll happen. Yeah. But most of the time it won't. But just understand that for every one time that that does happen, that somebody says, hey, you impacted me. There's a hundred more behind them mm -hmm. who didn't have the courage to even say it, but they still got your message. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And so that's ultimately why I got into the public speaking coaching, because I want everybody to have that opportunity. There's so many messages out there. And it really goes back to my why as well about what am I leaving for my children? And when I started it, my daughter was almost here and everything with, with this coaching. But I've always kept that in mind, especially with starting a podcast and writing the book that I wrote and everything is what can I leave for my children and my children's children and so on and so forth to leave that legacy behind. And so that's why I do the coaching. That's why I help people because I want to leave that legacy of, you know, Philip, grandpa, Philip, whatever. If he helped so many people get on stage to share a message that may have never been shared before. Mm. So that's, that's why I do it all. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of where I'm at and where I'm going with it. And so you got a book. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the book's called Mindset Over Motivation. So literally about mindset and talking about how you have to have a strong mindset. Motivation is fleeting. It's only going to last a certain amount of time for you. So really building up that mindset, which really goes in with what we were just talking about, about how one person out of 100 people will actually come up and tell you you're doing a great job and or you impacted them in some way. 
And you have to keep the mindset that I'm just going to keep doing this no matter what. I know this message is important. I know this message is what I need to get out and just to continue to do that because it's a whole mental game because entrepreneurship is a whole mental game in itself. It's the greatest mental challenge you could you could ever have. You don't want to worry about the mental game, stay in the nine to five. But that's me, why I wrote that book. Let, let me let me see if I can. Uh, I, I wasn't aware uh, of, of the correlation here until you said it, but. Uh, mindset over motivation. Motivation is is fleeting. Mindset, uh, motivation mm -hmm. will come and go. You will get reinforcement that boosts your motivation from time to time, but then that mm -hmm. tank empties out pretty quick. Yeah. And it sounds like if I were to make a comparison, I want to. I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this. What I shared about the you know, there's that one person every once in a while who will say, "Philip, your message changed me." that's motivation. Yeah. That person coming out and saying, Hey, you made an impact on me that motivates you. Oh yeah. But the mindset is about the hundred people behind them that aren't mm. saying anything mm -hmm. because you know, in your mind that you're impacting them as well, even though they're not motivating you. I'm exactly. curious about your thoughts about that. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I'll give an analogy. If I only go to the gym when I'm motivated, how often will I go? By <laughs> me, I, I love the gym. So I'll probably go still five days a week. There's going to be weeks where it'll be less. But that's the, that's the key right there. Because I'm motivated to go, I'll probably go. Some weeks I'll go seven days a week. Some days I'll go five. Some days I might only go one because I'm unmotivated. But if in my mind I tell myself I have to go to the gym, because if I don't go to the gym, I'm going to get fat and out of shape and the world's going to end for me. And I know it's being dramatic, but the thing is my mind is made up that I have to do this so I can keep in the shape that I'm in so that I can keep being there for my children. And that was one of the reasons why I got into fitness because I wanted to be able to play with my kids. You know, my dad wasn't in that great of shape and I'll go on a little off tangent here, but I still remember like we, as we lived on about five acres and he would sometimes run with us from the barn up to the house. And that was so much fun. It was such a fond memory. And I wanted to be able to make those memories, my kids. So that's why if you will, I'm motivated, but my mind is made up that I'm going to stay in shape because of that. But mm -hmm. there are days where I'm like, yeah, let's go to the gym. But most days I usually go about three 30 in the morning. I'm not motivated to go. So it's my <laughs> mind is made yeah. up. Yeah. But that's the, that's, that's exactly what we need to do with everything in life. If you're trying to go after something, make your mind up, have that why for why you are doing the thing you're doing is if you're trying to rely on motivation and motivational videos, you're going to crash and burn. And mm -hmm. I've been there before just trying to be motivated and do it. When I'm, I'm motivated and it's a compound effect. If you only do it when you're motivated, you're only putting a little deposit in here and there. But if you're, you're continually putting a deposit in every single day, you're going to come out with way more money. You're going to come out way ahead, way further down the path than anybody else. It's just like the compound effect, the book, it talks about the analogy of you get a million dollars today versus a penny doubling every single day for 31 days. And I believe at day 27 or 28, it's at a million dollars, but it starts out at one penny, yep. two pennies, four pennies eight pennies and then right. day 28. So like that's a million. And by the end, by day 30, I think it went to 30, not 31. Mm -hmm. It's $10 million. 
So it's like you started out with nothing, a penny, like we don't even pick those up off the ground. But if somebody had a million dollars there, yeah, I'd pick it up real quick. But you only had a million dollars the whole time. And that's what you started with. And that's what you kept. So you had that motivation the one time, boom, you had a million dollars. But if you just kept going at it, eventually you have $10 million, 10 times the amount because you just kept doing that same thing day in and day out. And that's just going to continue to compound. So the mindset is such an important piece in any part of your life. Awesome, man. And so where where can people go to learn more about you, to get this book or to engage with you? So the book's on Amazon. You search up Mindset Over Motivation. You can find more about me on speakingsessions.com. That's the name of my website. Or you can find me on all social media platforms, mainly on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, just I am Philip Sessions on Instagram. Awesome. Well, I love this. I'm 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 so happy about where this went, Philip. Uh, we're going to wrap up from here. Thanks so much to our guest, Philip Sessions, uh, for joining us and sharing his wisdom about he how he gets stuff done. Uh, you can connect with him on social media. <clears throat> you can also go to speakingsessions.com to engage with him about uh, his speaking coaching. And I recommend that you get a copy of his book, Mindset Over Motivation, available on. Amazon. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to that next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. And as mentioned before, I would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any other episodes. We put out two a week. Uh, so a lot of good content out there. And uh, hopefully it's going to be able to impact you in some meaningful way. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go do something already. See you next time.